Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony, and welcome to this Friday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Oh, we waited, and then it wasn't even correct. What's the deal here? Oh, that was a good one. How are you? I'm all right. Excellent. I don't know. I'm a little off. No, well, that's okay. We'll just take it out in the edit. Okay. You don't edit. No, I'll edit that. You will? Yeah, You'll fix will. that for, for me? Thank you. Uh, all right, let's get started with some news from the Disney Parks blog about Aulani. Well, the good news is, is that Aulani is going to begin a phased reopening on November 1st. Um, so that is good news. Uh, it, they're going to follow uh, an approach to reopen um, under the guidances of local and national government and health authorities, including the CDC and the U.S. Travel Association and Disney's team of health and safety networks. Um no word as to how many phases there will be. I don't understand what a phased reopening is for something like Alani. It's a hotel. Well, maybe they're not opening everything once. I mean, maybe they're not opening all the rooms at once, but maybe. I mean, from what I understand, there's not a whole lot right around Alani. Right. So they kind of have to open the restaurants and stuff mm-hmm. or else I don't know what people are eating. It's a phased reopening. That's okay. all I can tell you. I mean, you. it's not like, oh, we're going to open the parks first. Then right. We're going to open. The- and, and there's no shopping district there. It's yeah. just a resort. I don't understand. Uh, but if you do decide to fly to Hawaii, um, they are going to uh, do pre-arrival testing for those traveling from out of state. All right, that makes sense. That's yeah. what a lot of places are doing. Yep. Okay. Um, Disney has released an official statement about the Polynesian, I imagine, the refurb. The refurb, correct. Okay. Uh, so we know that uh, the resort is coming up on its 50th anniversary. Uh, we've already mentioned that they're going to do a bunch of work on it. Uh, they want the colors of the new um, arrival building uh, to reflect the uh, longhouses, the bold colors of the longhouses. They're going to add wooden screens with geometric patterns along the monorail station. So just to, I guess, gussy it up a little bit. Um, enhancements are going to also be made to the gardens and fountains that have been out in front for 50 years. Um, so there's a lot going on. And if you are an Instagram follower, you can follow the Zach Ridley, who is an Imagineer and is, I don't know if he's spearheading this project, um, but he's kind of been the uh, focal point for Imagineering on Instagram over the past couple of COVID months. He's okay. he's responsible for the new entryway. Uh, he's been posting about the new entryway in Epcot He's been posting from some of the resort stuff. I went and looked at his Instagram page today, and he's just got his fingers in a lot of things. Okay. So um, if you're an Instagram follower, it's uh, the Zach Ridley. All right. Um, Disney Conservation is celebrating 25 years. That's right. The Disney Conservation Fund is celebrating their 25th anniversary year this year. They are currently supporting 50 conservation organizations that protect more than 100 species. Um, so they do have, uh, they highlight some of their programs in the parks blog. They have a shark survival, uh, program called beneath the waves. They protect lemurs in Madagascar. Uh, they have the global penguin society, which protects penguins, people, and planet. I'd like to be a member of the global penguin society. I know. And, uh, then they also, through the university of central Florida, um, uh, protect oysters, endangered birds, and children. <laughs> it's quite the combo. Interesting. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so this program, um, uses, uh, science and engages the community to restore oyster reefs in the Indian river lagoon in Florida, which supports other species like wading birds. And then they work with a children's hospital in Orlando, engaging kids as citizen scientists, helping them to identify birds from remote wildlife cameras. 
So I guess it just gives the kids something to do when they're in the hospital, which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. neat. So the Disney Conservation Fund, that's what you uh, donate to when you get the button when you're that, at Animal Kingdom? Well, that's what you don't do- donate to uh, in the Animal Kingdom because you already say we've got enough of those silly buttons. But no. Yes. We donate every time, just, just only not, once. Right. Like, they'll ask you like three or four times. No, I just once. Thank right. you. Yes. That is the Conservation Fund that gives you a button when you donate. Cool. Um, in downtown Disney in California... A new Chadwick Boseman memorial mural has been uh, painted. That's right. Uh, An artist by the name of Nicholas Smith, who is a former Imagineer, uh, created a piece to uh, honor Chadwick Boseman. It is now on display at the site of the former ESPN zone at downtown Disney at the Disneyland Resort. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh, Chadwick Boseman with like a kid in the hospital wearing a a Black Panther mask and they're doing the Wakandan salute. they are also selling prints of this to raise money for the L.A. Children's Hospital in St. Jude's. Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. Also Disney in Disneyland, um, they have canceled now through October 10th. Yes. They're sen- sending out emails now to guests uh, to cancel with reservations through October 10th. We knew that they were uh, taking reservations beginning October 16th. So once again, uh, you know, they continue to push things back. Really Really waiting on Governor Newsom at this point to, uh, you know, get things going in that yeah. area. They're pushing back very little at a time, though. Right. You know, we're talking about like a week at a time yep. so that they don't push themselves out further, that the minute that they get the okay, they're going to just, doors are going to be open. Right. Although I don't see why they can't take the hotel guests with the parks not being open. Now, obviously, a lot of people are going to cancel their reservations if the parks aren't open, but at least... If there were some amount of people in the hotels, that would allow them to gradually work their way back up. Unless, of course, it's not cost efficient to have. Probably isn't. I mean, maybe you can open one, whichever one is the least expensive to run. Right. But, I mean, who wants to go stay at Disneyland if you can't even go in the park? That's true. I don't know. Maybe a night and you do some of the things in downtown Disney, but there's not even that much to do. Right. I don't know. All right. Um uh, in the Magic Kingdom, the Toll Plaza, which is not really a Toll Plaza, it's like the the parking fee plaza, um, is getting a new paint job. That's right. It's going to undergo an eight-week-long refurbishment and repainting project to give the entrance a whole new color scheme. Uh, for many years, it has kind of been that uh, gold and blue uh, color scheme. Which has um, been uh, bleached out by the sun. Right. But no word on what the color scheme is going to be. Three lanes are going to be closed off at a time for the repainting process. Um, And I I guess a lot of people are upset that they have not put up the pumpkins at the toll plaza. Darn it all. I know. Um, Also in the Magic Kingdom, Tom Sawyer Island and Liberty Square Riverboat are going to be closed for three months for a refurb. That's right. Starting October 5th and running through at least January 2nd of 2021, um, Tom Sawyer Island and the riverboat will be closed. They're currently listed on the My Disney Experience app during those dates as, as unavailable. Uh, and there's no word uh, on what is going uh, down. Um, but they're also going to be uh, refurbing uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Mm, right. So there might not be much going on uh, around that area. Mm, yeah, it's going to be sort of sad. And uh, in a conversation Cheryl and I had before this, uh, the Liberty Square Riverboat recently underwent routine refurbishment back in August. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was just closed. Right. That's craziness. Unless they're going to be doing so much work on the island that they don't want people to see 
you know, maybe it's around the backside of the island. They don't want them to see bulldozers or whatever they're going to have over there. Maybe. All right. uh, Permits have been filed for uh, some work at the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, but it's not what you would think or very exciting. Right. We we know that the Tomorrowland Transit Authority is now closed uh, through November, uh, and they did just file a, uh, a permit for a roofing company, Crown Roofing, uh, is going to be doing general construction. Yeah. Wow. So, Super exciting. Yeah. Don't know what that is. I was hoping it was going to be more than the, uh, you know, ho- hoping it was going to be something that would get the people mover up and running. Right. But I don't think the roof is what's causing the trouble. No, probably no. not. Um, moving to Epcot, uh, Chefs de France is getting ready to reopen. That's right. Chefs de France is going to reopen this coming weekend. Nice. That's awesome. Yep. You know and what they need to get opened? What's that? The York for Yorkshire Fish Shop. Uh, why is that? Because I like the fish when I go from the quick service. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay $25 for it at Rosen Crown by myself because no one else is going to eat there. Right. So they need to reopen that. that they be, do. It should be next on their list. Uh, Chefs de France is going to be open from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. for the extended park hours this weekend before it goes to a regular 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. schedule starting on Monday. Monsieur Paul hours are not yet available. Um, Chefs de France still features their popular prefix meal option. And uh, they're also waiting in the France Pavilion for the grand opening of Le Creperie de Paris. Mm. So they're going to have a new uh, creperie. Nice. Yeah. So how did the fireworks testing go that they did in Epcot? Well, uh, there was some video released of it. And, um, you know, it, it went well. Uh, it uh, looks like testing began about 9, 12 uh, p.m. And then they launched in two to four in, uh, in two to four minute interval intervals. Uh, they did not play any music or, or pipe any music. Uh, by 10 p.m., most of the high stuff had been launched. And then the next half hour was low launches and bursts that could not be seen over the foliage in the resort area. How nice to have been there, though, for that. I mean, just to have any kind of fireworks. I know it seems so silly, but uh, that would just... Just, just to hear fireworks, yes. let alone see it them. Would just, it's a little bit more normalcy in Disney World. So let's hope that that is the testing for them to start the new show at Epcot. Yes. I think if you're going to start a show, a fireworks show, Epcot is the place to do it because there's so much space mm-hmm. to stand. You know, you don't have to have people really congregating in one area. You can see it from all over and, you know, it's all the way around the lake. So plenty of space for people to stand and still stay socially distant. So right. uh, let's let's hope fireworks are coming. Um, in Hollywood Studios, plastic dividers have been added to Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, the ride vehicles. Um, one of the problems is that the boarding groups have been going fast because in order to social distance, they're limiting the number of parties that can be put into a ride vehicle. They were doing one right. party for a ride vehicle. Right. How many people does a ride vehicle typically fit? Uh, it depends on the ride vehicle because there's multiple ride vehicles. Really? Yeah. But sure? it looks like this one, uh, the one that I see looks like it fits eight. Yeah. Two rows of four. Um so, uh, you know, is this going to be a way for them to increase capacity, hopefully? Yeah, right? Because if, if, they, if they can put the divider and then they can do two parties of up to four. Right. That would be fantastic because now all your parties of two don't have to be all by themselves in an eight-person car. But then if you're the person in the back and you have to look through the plastic because it, it's not like a plexiglass screen. It's really like a – looks like a – Hard, not not even hard plastic shower curtain. It looks like a shower curtain. It's like somebody strung a shower curtain up between two poles. Right. You know, it's 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 not taut. 
it, it obviously has waves in it. Um, so if this is a test, hopefully they, if they decide that it works, they come up with something that's a little more see-through. <laughs> I mean, the plastic is clear. It is clear, but it has like when you're looking at the, when we're looking at this image here, it's got like waves in it. So the way the light is going to catch it, it's not going to be clear. Right. You know, if you have light reflecting off of it in a certain area, you're not going to be able to see through that part. Right. Well, All right. they're Imagineers. They'll come up with something. Yeah, hopefully something better than a shower curtain. Right. But the idea to separate those two rows is a very good idea um, to be able to get more people on Rise of the Resistance because that um, Hollywood Studios is the one park that they are just having trouble with. The lines are long. They're, I think it's to capacity most days. And uh, and it's a couple of rides. When it's working. Right. Rise of the Resistance sometimes isn't working. Uh, you can't always get on it. You know, you, you try to get these passes that go within seconds. Um, and also then the the line at Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is also, you know, 45, 50 minutes on a good day. Right. So, you know, some of the rides, the more popular rides there are still have very long lines. And those are true waits. We're not talking like, you know, you see it says an hour and then, you know, it really only takes you a half hour to get through. Right. Um, no, these are these are true rate, true waits. All right. Um, Disney has added a fifth key to cast member training. That's right. Uh, Disney cast members are trained to uh, bring the best service to guests by sticking to four keys, safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency, uh, which is what they have followed for more than 60 years. However, uh, moving forward and working together to drive meaning culture, meaningful cultural change, they are introducing inclusion as a new key and will be rolling out the five keys globally across the business segments. All right. Good for them. There has been an update to the My Disney Experience app. What have they done? Um, let's see. Uh, it allows, oh, it allows you to use the precise location feature of iOS 14 if you have an Apple uh, device. Um, so it will allow you to know your location a little bit better. Uh, there's a new sign-in registration and account management system, which has many enhancements and fixes from the previous uh, version. There's a new forgotten password option. And then the, as I mentioned, the precise location setting in iOS 14 will allow you to use a locate me feature in a finder map. It will allow you to use wayfinding and get directions. And it can also be used for dine up, uh, for dining, walk up, re walk up and reservation check-ins. Okay. Um, those features will be unavailable if precise location is turned off. Um, all guests will be required to sign in again once they install this new version, which is version, version 6.4. All right. And after you sign in, you can set up biometrics, uh, sign in like Touch ID or Face ID, so you don't have to use your password. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Some new cast member only pins. That's right. For those of you who trade pins, uh, there have been, I guess they call them hidden Disney pins, which used to be known as hidden Mickey pins. Uh, and these pins are only available uh, by trading with a cast member off of their lanyards. Uh, so they have two collections, the Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World Resort. Each one, of course, is available um, at their respective resorts. Uh, and they run the gamut from Carnival masks to Star Wars droids, Marvel icons, Pixar shorts, Disneyland D series. And in California, you get the California Activities pins. Uh, in Florida, they also have the Carnival masks, uh, the droids, Marvel icons, Pixar A Bug's Life pins, Castle Phil, uh, which is pretty cool. It's the castle made out in various holiday formats uh, the, and the Lion King. Um, 
So if you want them, as I said, you have to trade only with a cast member. All right. So bring your best pins for trading. That's, or your worst pins because they have to take whatever you offer them. Oh, do they? Yeah. All right. Um, some new Disney Park Designer Collection ears have been released. That's right. Earlier in the year, the Disney Parks Designer Collection uh, sounded like it was a big deal. Um, you know, there's going to be releases every couple of months and then the, the pandemic hit and it, everything seemed to take a back, uh, back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, there is a new, uh, set of ears being, uh, released tomorrow. Uh, I guess today is national daughter day. So they announced them today and they're releasing them tomorrow, but they're kind of, there's like a big version for moms and a little version for girls. These are the cupcake and cashmere, uh, blogs ears. Uh, the blog's founder, Emily Schulman, has collaborated with Disney Parks to bring you the uh, Cupcakes and Cashmere Ears. They will drop at 7 a.m. tomorrow on Shop Disney. Uh, they are ears with a flippable sequin, depending on, and then I guess you, whether you want to go for hot pink or millennial pink, uh, you just flip the sequins that way. And, okay. uh, you know, they've got a bow like mini wears and uh, they're kind, they're kind of nice. I wouldn't be caught in them. No, that might not be appropriate for you. Pricing has not yet been released, but like I said, they will be, well, if you get this show on Friday, they're already available on shopdisney.com. All right. Um, So next on our list here is movie news, but I'm going to jump ahead out of movie news. You can do that one at the end. Sure. Um, We're going to move to Hong Kong Disneyland, where the resort was stripped of their expansion land. That's right. Uh, Hong Kong Resort Disneyland celebrating their grand reopening this week. However, uh, there was a second plot of land that was set aside for the potential expansion of the Hong Kong Disneyland Resort, and it had a 20-year purchase option on the plot. Um, Disney is not, of course, moving forward with it. You know, they're trying to recover from the pandemic. Right. And the Hong Kong government is not expected to be issuing, issuing an extension. So when does it expire? Soon? It expires tomorrow. Oh. Well, I mean, they had 20 years to work on this. They did. Uh, you know, the fact that they waited till the end makes me think that maybe they were never going to do it anyway. Well, they're they're very popular and they've gotten, you know, they've got a lot of uh, a lot of success over their 15 years. Um, they have a new castle. They've got a frozen theme land. Right. But you had 20 years. So, so after you opened, it's been 15 years. You'd think after 11 of it going well, maybe you decide to purchase the land. I mean, it's only been six months that we've been dealing with this pandemic. Listen, maybe there are a bunch of procrastinators over there. I don't know. I don't think they were ever going to buy it anyway, so I don't feel bad for them. All right. Um, let's see. There's a new lawsuit against Disney that says that Disney stole the evil Knievel likeness for Duke Kaboom in Toy Story 4. That's right. K&K Promotions. Uh, who claims they own the trademark and all rights to all portrayals of the late Evil Knievel, have filed a lawsuit claiming that Duke Kaboom in Toy Story 4 was based on Knievel. Uh, you'd have to be a moron to not, to not, know to that. not think that yeah. or know that. Um, and uh, they're seeking compensatory, statutory, and punitive damages in addition to earnings from the film in an amount to be determined at trial. Um, Evil Knievel's son Kelly says that Evil Knievel remains an instantly recognized icon as demonstrated as demonstrated by the huge popularity of the reissued Evil Knievel stunt cycle among kids who hadn't even been born when my father died a dozen years ago. Um, so I, you might not remember, but when I was a kid in the 70s, there was this wind-up motorcycle that you put it on this little base 
and you wound it up and wound it up and wound it up. And then when you stopped, the motorcycle took off and you could do stunts with it. And essentially it's Duke. They re-released it again. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's what it was. And it seems neglectful of Disney to have not reached out to the evil Knievel people and, I mean, maybe you weren't going to call him Evil Knievel. Maybe you negotiate something to allow them to use that. But to just like think that no one's ever going to say anything, right? Seems well. The main difference is Duke Kaboom is Canadian. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's totally different. Then. And his uniform has, you know, is based on the Canadian flag, whereas Evil Knievel was American, uh, and his uniform is based on the American flag. Totally different. Totally, totally different, different characters. Absolutely. And Duke Kaboom has a mustache. Oh, all right then. And he's incredibly polite because he's Canadian. Well, we'll excuse it then. Disney gets no money. All right. A, um, a father is suing Universal after his son committed suicide by jumping 17 stories from the Aventura Hotel. That's right. Uh, Alfred Bon, bon Bana, uh, the father of Matthew Bana, is suing for more than $30,000 in Orange Circuit Court. Uh, his son, Matthew, died at the age of 27 after jumping from the Bar 17 Bistro at the top of the Aventura Hotel last year. Um, apparently Matthew, who was five foot three inches tall, was served several tall drinks over a 90 minute period. He stayed at the bar past midnight and employees neglected to monitor him as he was acting suspiciously. He attempted to scale the perimeter wall, uh, at 1230 AM and following three attempts, he fell to his death from the 17th story bar. Um, so his father has filed a lawsuit against Universal and Lowe's. Is that, commi- is that technically committing suicide? Doesn't sound like he was trying to jump. It just sounds like he was being an idiot and he fell. Uh, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, that not so great on Universal's part. How is he scaling a wall three times and no one's noticing? Right. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So now you can go on to movie news. All right. What do we have to say about the movies? So there have been a whole bunch of changes to the Disney movie lineup. Um, Marvel's Black Widow has been moved to May 7th of 2021. The Eternals has been moved to November of 2021. And Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has been bumped from May 7th of uh, next year to July 9th of next year. Um, There have also been a number of uh, movements in other Disney uh, non-Marvel movies. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's murder mystery, Death on the Nile, moves to December 18th. And West Side Story, which was set to debut on December of this year, is now going to debut in December of 2021. Disney Pixar's Soul is still scheduled to be released on November 20th. I feel like I'm not going to get to see a half-decent movie in the movie theater for a very long time. Um, Let's see. They still haven't moved James Bond, and they still haven't moved Soul. All right, that's so, the only hope. That's my only hope. Hopefully, we'll get to see the two of them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they move Wonder Woman at some point. Ugh. But uh, you know, it, it's just it's the way things are. I just want some good movies. I know. All right, you have anything else? That's all I got. All right. So until Monday, this is Tony and Cheryl, and you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. <laughs> What's wrong with your horn? (laughs) There we go.